Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. We bless your name, Father. We pray that you open our hearts, give us a spirit of humility, and let your will be done this morning, this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm very happy to be back home with you all. Um, It's good to be back home. There's nowhere like home. I was in South America, in Paraguay, in a city called Incarnation, or Incarnation, which means Incarnation. And then also in another city called Ascension, which means Ascension. And uh, they're very Catholic countries, and um, they have, they are places where there are people, I tell you. When I landed at Ascension, we had to drive for five hours to Incarnation. And as I was driving through the different towns and villages, I realized that there were a lot of people in the world everywhere. So, it really takes the spirit of selfishness to be broken for you to ever reach out to someone you can't see. Because when I left Ghana on Sunday, I arrived where I was going on Wednesday. You know? And when I arrived, it was time to preach. I arrived Wednesday, Ghana time. That's when I got there. So, but there was a, you know, powerful uh, church there, churches, assemblies of God, uh, they are, the general and superintendent had invited me to come and preach there and they gathered all their churches and um, pastors from all over the country for a five day or whatever, five day or four day program in a Colosseum. So it was a powerful program and then I also um, went to Ascension which is Ascension where pastor of the largest church there invited me to preach. I preached there on Saturday and on Sunday morning and evening. It was also very powerful. I learned a lot. Uh, You know, they have, what I was really touched by was the baptism. They do their baptism in the church on Sunday morning. You come and you stand on stage and you say, you know, I was a very bad person, I used to do this, I used to do that, and now Christ has saved me, and this morning I want to be baptized in accordance with the word of God as a sign that I'm born again and I'm saved. My name is so and so, and then you be baptized in the water and you come out, that's all. And your people clap for you, take pictures and the next person will come. And they baptize every man, they baptize in the church, in front of the church. I tell you, it's actual salvation. It's the most biblical baptism I've ever seen. 
you know, in the church. It was very nice. So, don't be surprised if you see us baptizing in church soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I was also in uh, New York. I preached in Connecticut one Sunday morning. And then Sunday evening, they had a service involving most of our churches. It was a very powerful miracle service. And um, they were, we were all blessed and happy. We also had a shepherd's camp in America. Pastor's camp. Pastors and elders camp. We used to have shepherds camp. Now we're having pastors and elders camp and then shepherds camp. They are different things. We had a pastors and elders camp for about three days in America for all the pastors. They came from all over the country and uh, it was also powerful. Then I was in London also. We had a pastors and elders camp meeting also there. And uh, that went to all the pastors and the elders came for the meeting. And... Um, on the Sunday, you know, we bought a building in London, a church, our own cathedral, London Cathedral. So we, in the morning, Sunday morning, we had an opening ceremony. We cut the ribbon and we entered the church officially. Hallelujah. And then, on the Sunday evening, we had a dedication service, so I dedicated the building. My wife was there also. We dedicated the building, and um, that's it. So we are moving on. Amen. So we thank God. We have our own London Cathedral. I saw a lot of people from Ghana, you know, who are here, who are there now, I tell you. In America, all over, you see them. Say, hey. Are you here? So we are here, Bishop. In fact, it's not easy here. So the Lord is with you. <laughs> and, uh, but I see some of you going there very soon. Amen. Hey. <laughs> so who is going to be left here with me? Huh? More souls will come. But you will be going. I see. In fact, you know, if we had not started these churches, I, I wonder, it's like we would have, we, would, we wouldn't see the people again. They vanish into thin air. But I tell you, you can go far. Florida. Some people came from Florida, from Connecticut, from uh, different, different places. Atlanta, here, here, here. Hey, people are in the system. And they are very happy and faithful. And if there are many people in Ghana who are not in Lighthouse now, and who are not in Lighthouse in Ghana, join Lighthouse over there. They, they, I, I was having lunch with a couple of them, and I said, oh, why do you, are you in Lighthouse now? Because it was another church in Ghana. I said, oh, Lighthouse didn't come early. By the time Lighthouse came, we had joined some other church, so we were looking for a chance. So when we came abroad no. Besides that, uh, we are joining fully. <laughs> so, but you are already here. Amen. So be stable. And be blessed. Don't go and join another church and say, I was, I was watching you. You didn't come early. So, I was in light house and I didn't see you. You didn't come early. So now that I went to London, no, I've just left Lighthouse to join you. Don't be some way. Hallelujah. Anyway, but we thank the Lord for his blessings. 
everywhere and I recognize the reality that for many of us to prosper in a certain way we, we, we want to travel or we need to travel and we are not against it in fact we will be praying for you that God will bless and answer your prayer amen you want to go to America I see God opening gates wide gates you want to go to Holland I see God opening doors you want to go to wherever believe God because if that is what God has put in your heart or what you are putting in your heart I pray that it's the same thing that God has also put in your heart I believe that you'll be blessed over there but you can be blessed everywhere if you are wise because I'll tell you there are people over there they are really suffering I met one brother he said to me Bishop you always say it but now that I've come here it's not easy he said, I, I've heard you saying it over and over. He said, the people are suffering here. He said, yeah, they are suffering, but they, want, they prefer to suffer here than to suffer in Ghana. So that is what people want. So you, you must believe God for wherever, but if you are here, be here and prosper here and be blessed here. And I believe the Lord can bless you everywhere. Amen. Because I know people who are prospering there, people are prospering here, and so on. Amen. So today I want to share with you about a subject that I believe is very important and it's um, the title of my uh, series is Establishment. Establishment. How many want to be established? Is that all what we are struggling to get? To be established. Oh Lord, if I can just get my house and then I'll be okay. Is that not so? If I can get a place to stay... And if I can get this, and this thing can be sorted out, and I'm established. Amen. It is God's will to establish you. Amen. It, God, God has a plan, and in the plan, he is planning to establish you seriously. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. I just want to prove that to you from the word of God before we go into the actual text quickly. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. It says, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. Amen. Notice verse 10. Notice verse 10. It says, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while how many have suffered for some time raise your hand if you have suffered in the system all right but it says after that you have suffered for a while make you perfect i see you becoming perfect establish you i see you being established strengthen you i see you being strengthened and settle you in the name of jesus shout amen amen hallelujah so God is in the business of establishing his children. Establishing you young lady in marriage, in life, in financial situations. Some of you, is, you are moving from hand to mouth. From hand to mouth. And God is going to take you away from hand to mouth scenarios. Hallelujah. Do you believe that it is possible? There was a time in my life and in all of our lives, I remember myself, Pastor Eddie and so on, Reverend Saki, 
We could not afford to buy petrol. We struggled to buy petrol. We were pastors of this church. Amen. We converted all our cars to gas. We took our cars to the gas, uh, uh, what do you call it, people. And they converted our cars to gas cars. And then we, we would buy gas. And so because we could not afford uh, the petrol, the fuel. You see, so sometimes when I see young people who want to suddenly be everything and just have everything handed over to them, it's a very wonderful and marvelous thing that I observe. You know, and I am never, I, I, I am not going to create a system that does that. And the system that I am, I, ha, I am in charge of will be such that you will be ejected like a rocket with the sp- speed of Columbia and all other rockets, Atlanta and whatever. If that is the kind of thing that you are looking for, there is nothing like that in the world. And if I create that, I'm creating an imaginary utopia which does not exist. There's nothing like just wake up then. You have everything and you don't struggle. He said, after you have suffered a while. Oh, you didn't read it. Now you, you don't want to suffer. Somebody has suffered to gain. You don't want to suffer. You want everything to be dashed to you, given to you. You see the church. You see the pastor standing somewhere. You see that I've, I've gone to preach somewhere and come and so on. Somebody is inviting me. I didn't invite myself. I was invited. There are pastors who invite themselves. But I didn't invite myself. I have pastors who always invite themselves to my church to preach. Especially abroad. And I've told the pastors about that anybody who invites himself, I mean certain people, if they invite themselves, just allow them to preach. Otherwise they will say, you know, now we are whatever, we are big, we feel good, when we come, this, that. If they invite themselves, then let them preach at least. So that nobody will say anything bad about us. What do you think? Easy. Amen. But you see, you suffer before you get somewhere. I said, you suffer before you get somewhere. And I'm telling you something real. Myself, I said, we, we went to Tema. Where did they convert our cars, Pastor Eddie? Where, where did they do the conversion? Aoshi. And then after some time, we were not getting the gas. So we invented a certain invention called Bimbula. Bimbula. We called it Bimbula where you buy the gas in the bottle and then you convert it and then the, bottle, the gas, the cooking gas goes into the car and then we use that one to run the car. Easy. That was, that was me. As a pastor of this church. We were building this place, I believe. I don't know which time it was. You get it? So t- today, I don't think, if I'm buying petrol, I don't think much of it. I don't struggle to buy petrol. Petrol is not a problem. If they can raise it, I don't, it wouldn't disturb me much. But I've suffered before I've reached here. You don't want to suffer. Your face like that. You don't want to suffer. You suddenly want to be where I am. (laughs) Why do you want to suddenly arrive somewhere without taking off? (laughs) You don't want to buy a ticket, but you want to fly. I said, you don't want to buy a ticket, but you want to go and sit on a plane. You don't want to get a visa, but you want to go. It cannot happen that way. It has not been designed that way. He said, after that you have suffered for a while, the Lord establishes and strengthens you and perfect everything that concerns you. I am announcing that you can expect establishment in the name of Jesus. I said, expect establishment after you have suffered a while. Some of you marry... 
and you have suffered the marriage that you have entered you are surprised but after you have suffered for a while the lord will settle you i said the lord will strengthen you the lord will establish you some of you, you have children you don't know how to handle them the child that you have given birth to you it, it has become like a whole war has come into your life but after a while after you have suffered a while you will be stable the lord will establish you and strengthen you do you want establishment do you believe in establishment do you believe that as i preach this series of message god is going to establish you say amen, amen. receive establishment hallelujah god is going to do it i say he's going to do it the least will become mighty in the church those who are nobodies will become exalted and established god will settle every unsettled area in your life every day you are like a wandering star nobody has proposed to you nobody has married you a wandering star moving around moving around moving around you shall no longer wonder i see an establishment coming shall amen I see an establishment coming. It will happen practically in your life. Do you believe in practical things that are happening? I'm not talking about imaginations. I'm talking about things that you'll be there and you'll see that it has actually happened practically. You know, sometimes you need to look back to see that God has done something. But sometimes the miracle is so gradual that you, you almost don't notice that you are actually entering a miracle. That, that, that's how gradual miracles are. Some of you used to think before you buy Kilewele, you think about it very much. I said some of you, you before you buy Kilewele, you think about it. Seriously. Sometimes you buy the Kilewele, but you will not buy granite because there's no, you don't have enough money. You buy kinky and pepper without fish. Gary and salt, gary and sugar. But today you are eating big, big fish and big, big meat. I see a further establishment coming in your life. Every unstable thing in your life will be stabilized. The words that I'm speaking to you are spirit and life. They are bringing establishment into your life. Favor and settlement is coming. I say settlement is coming into your life. Establishment. And, and settled things shall be settled. And settled things shall be settled. And settled things shall be settled. Do, do you believe in, I say, practical, practical things? One time I was working with a church member. He was broke. And he was driving. As he was driving, he was looking. And I was sitting by him. I was saying, What is this? What is wrong with this man? And as we were driving, then suddenly, ah, he just went and parked on the side. And I said, What is wrong with this man? What is he, what is he doing? He got out of the car and he ran. And I turned to look and he ran far back. He picked something from the floor. Then he ran back to the car. Then he showed me money. Money. 
he said to me I've been finding money on this road <laughs> he said to me anytime anytime I drive on this road I look for money I expect money I said eh. he, got, he didn't have he didn't have money he was a coffee broke man and he felt sorry for me so he said I will give you some <laughs> I said oh no no problem but I saw God bless that man from the day of you see when you are walking on the road and you are hoping I've been there before you see, listen, I've, I've been at a place where I'm walking I say Lord let somebody leave money on the floor so that me me I don't know if has it happened to you before even if it has happened to me before stand up stand up if it has happened to you some money around thy mistake Lord so that as I'm walking I may pick it up I didn't know that happened to so many people I used to pray about it and and believe I never saw money on the floor how many have prayed for it but you never saw it but this brother he had been seen but God blessed him so much one day the church was doing a project he just called and said I'm going to give $20,000 he just gave it like that the man who was looking for money on the ground cash no whatever he was solid on the ground you see sometimes when you look back and you see that you have once walked on the ground looking for money and now you are at a place where you can take twenty thousand dollars say that here i am talking to you about something practical that i am i am declaring to you that you will practically experience it in your life establishment i say establishment i say establishment is coming into your life hallelujah turn with me to second corinthians we are going to learn about establishment from this book and we'll be starting today second corinthians chapter one paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god and timothy our brother now as you read the word of god you see like like we read in first peter 5 the lord will establish you through his word amen, amen. unto the church of god which is at corinth with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God hallelujah listen look at me some of you have been through certain tribulations how many have been through some trials now the Bible says God is comforting you 
how many have been able to comfort yourself somehow in the midst of some of these difficulties you have to talk to yourself you know one of the places you must get advice from is from yourself there are times you can't get advice from anybody you know although all problems are the same we often think that nobody has our problem so there are times you have to advise yourself and you have to comfort yourself and God has to comfort you you have to be able to receive God's comfort in your difficulties receive the comfort of God because if you don't allow yourself to be comforted you will never stop crying I said you'll never stop crying when you are crying and you say oh don't worry to be okay to be okay you know, at the point you have to <laughs> allow yourself to be comforted see something good in everything that seems to have come your way which is not perfect allow God to comfort because I'm telling you if you allow God to comfort you you can see a lot of good in every bad situation every bad situation has some good things for some people amen are you listening to me amen every bad situation has something good if there are a lot of mosquitoes it's very good for those who make mosquito nets because these are benefiting from the mosquitoes and they are praying for more mosquitoes the doctors in their clinics are praying for people to get sick i mean i know i know they are not cursing people but when the people get sick they are quoting well all things work together for good somehow it's good for my clinic that you are getting sick because you have to come to me the war that is coming on in uh, Iraq is good for the weapons factory people they are praying with all their heart that the war should come on because when it comes on they have to make more missiles more bullets more guns because in the war you just throw a gun away it's like nothing amen, amen. comfort yourself allow, not even comfort allow God to comfort you what does it seem what does it seem that you have been robbed of what does it seem as though God has not allowed what does it seem as though God has taken away from you there is something that you can comfort yourself about because the Bible says all things work together for good Romans 8 28 is the verse you need to keep you stabilized as you move in this life oh. Romans 8 28 all things I said all things not some things not most things not spiritual things all things all things work i said they work things are working together i said things are moving together and mixing together and just churning themselves together for you if you have faith allow god to comfort you brother brother big bobo he he married uh shawanda instead of marrying you he married susie instead of marrying you thank God comfort yourself look at it carefully you may look and you may begin to comfort yourself that hey in fact it may be actually a good thing that uh, brother big bobo did not marry me at the end of the day look carefully at what it seems God has taken away from you and comfort yourself encourage yourself because 
Let me tell you, there are different ways you can go when you are hit by things that you cannot understand or you don't like. Number one, you can go mad. When you go to the mental hospital, you will see people who have had the experience you had. And the experience you had, they reacted to it differently. And that's why they are in the hospital. They cannot pull themselves together and say, you know, enough is enough. I've had enough of this cry. Allow God to comfort you. Stop crying. I said, stop crying. Stop moaning. Stop whining. People who whine don't get anywhere. Whining is not prayer. Crying is different from praying. Sometimes you see some people, it doesn't mean you are praying. Praying is different from crying. Prayer and faith is not work, not prayer and tears. Amen? Amen. So you must believe God for, and you must receive the comfort that God has for you. And when you do that, you will be able to comfort others also. And let me tell you something. You must allow yourself, I'm talking about becoming established. You see, people who preach eh, or people who seem to be established at a place, eh, they have been through many, many, many things. As you see that, like you see me standing here, you don't know what I, most of you don't even know a lot of the things that I have been through before I stand here this morning. So my standing here to preach is not because everything is very good for me in my life and everything works out just like this, this happens, you do this, nothing bad happens, then this happens, then that happens, then this happens and that and so It's not like that. That's not how life is. So a person who is preaching is someone who has been through and has allowed God to comfort him. And then you use that comfort wherewith God has comforted you to comfort others. So as you see me standing here, comforting, I look established because I've allowed God to comfort me about many things. There are prayers I've prayed God hasn't answered. Give me some volume, please. There are prayers I've prayed God hasn't answered. There are sicknesses I've prayed God heal me. God, God didn't heal me. There are breakthroughs I've wanted God didn't do. There are things in the ministry I have desired I've never seen. There are things I've wished for I've been disappointed. There are things that have make, made me broken hearted in the church and in the ministry many times. And as I'm still standing here preaching, my heart, you could describe my heart like one big balloon which has got several needles and pins in it, but it's still not deflated. That is why my that's why I still have a heart. That is why I can still preach. That's why I can still talk to people. After people are very somewhere. When I tell people just a little, they start to almost laugh in amazement. Are you joking? Are you serious? And I don't want to go into all those things now. But I'm just saying that when you see somebody who looks established, he has allowed God to comfort him. He has allowed God, he has allowed God to comfort her. Just allow, allow God, allow God, allow God, allow God. The Bible says in James 1 verse 2, count it all joy. Brethren, when you fall into diverse temptation, for the testing or the trial of your faith, worketh patience. Patience. It makes you patient. Because patience is needed to wait for the victory. And the testing of your faith. Testing of your faith means that you are being tested to see whether you will still believe after what you wanted is not really happening in the way you wanted. That's what I say. Testing of your faith. It makes you patient to wait. Wait. And when you can't wait, 
The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 12, Be ye followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. People who inherit promises are both having faith and patience, not just faith. When you see somebody who looks established, I'm talking to you about, I minister establishment to your life right now in the name of Jesus. I say, I'm talking establishment into your life. Established people are not people who have no problems. They are people who have allowed God to comfort. Allow God to minister to you. Allow, how does God comfort you? Through his word. You don't, some of us don't allow God's word in our lives. We don't read God's word. We don't study God's word. God's word has no place in our lives. And so we do not allow God to comfort. When you allow God to comfort you, you now begin to be someone who can speak to others. Not that you are perfect. Not that your life is perfect. Oh, there are many imperfect things in our lives. Many imperfect things in our lives. But through all these imperfect things, God has a way of working things out. He has a way of comforting you. He has a way of comforting the fatherless. I mean, people who don't have fathers. He has a way of comforting them and encouraging them. You will see people who, whose fathers didn't look after them turning out better than people whose fathers looked after them and gave them everything. God has a way of comforting. God has a way of encouraging people whose situations are not as you would hope they would be. Oh God, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not answering? Why are you not working? Allow God to comfort you. Suddenly you rise to a place of exile. People will start to come to you. As though you are Mr. Perfecto or Madame Perfecto. As though your life, dear, it's a life of perfection. All you will say is, well, this is what the Lord comforted me. And this is the word that I've applied to my life. And I'm sharing this word with you. All I'm sharing, I'm not sharing out of a life of perfection. I'm sharing out of my struggles. I'm sharing. That's why you may like to listen to me because when you listen to me, you realize that I'm sharing with you real things. I'm not just talking about some theories. That's why sometimes some pastors will preach. You don't enjoy it because you realize that it's theoretical. It's not real. The person is just saying a list of verses and just reading some stories to you. You want, we all want somebody who is real. That's why even though President, former President Rowling did not have much education and did not have, he came by coup d'etats and so many people enjoy listening to him, even though some a lot of the things he was saying were not easy to follow, you know, people still like listening to because you he say something real, and, and we, everybody is yearning for a real thing. Everybody wants a real thing, and God is showing you. He says, "Allow the comfort of God to comfort you, and then begin to comfort somebody else. Begin to be a sharer." Don't be introverted looking to yourself. My problem, I, myself, and me. You know, we have this problem. And you know this. And, that, and you can't come out of your life, out of yourself. Everybody who waits for... Jesus even doesn't wait for you to be perfect before he calls you. Jesus doesn't wait for you to be perfect. The day he was going to heaven, the day his ministry was ending on earth, his disciples were arguing about position, power, money, who is first? Who is second? Who is important? Who is this? I'll be this. I'll be that. You will not be this. This and that. Hey! I'm sure Jesus look at this power pushing. I mean, can you imagine if I travel and then Reverend Saki is fighting with Pastor Eddie? No! I 
now I'll, I'm going to preach. And then Pastor Prince also gets up and says, no, I'm also going to preach because this and that. And so now we should be first. And Pastor Fabian gets up and says, you know, as you have been leading worship all the time, we are tired. There must be some variation in the church. Well, can you imagine what it would be like? And this is how the disciples were. And Jesus was saying, I'm sending you to all the world to go and uh, win the whole world. These are the people that he was sending. And he still sent them. That's why I don't give up when people are some way. Because many some way people become very nice people after they turn around. Like Jesus told the disciples, you can't follow me now, but you follow me afterwards. You follow me later. Many people follow later. Some of you have to be beaten by life. And then you will start to follow fully. Some of you are preached, but you can't follow yet. Something has to happen. Some things will happen. Give us a couple of years. Certain things are going to happen. After those things that you have been through certain things, you will come and say, Bishop, you know, what you were saying the other time, people don't know that what you are saying is correct. A lot of people don't know. You know, I was like that. You used to say this and that and that, but you know, a lot of us are some way, but when we are some way, you see, Bishop, forgive us. In fact, we didn't see it that way, but a lot of people, <laughs> they will see you. It's okay. We, we are here. You can follow, but later. So, brothers and sisters, allow God to comfort you. Amen. Amen. And I'm not talking about human wisdom. People have all kinds of clever statements and, you know, they use secular wisdom to guide their lives. You know, clever quips and statements. I don't even, nothing even comes to my mind, but that's not what you should use to guide your life. You should use the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Chapter chapter 1, verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Hallelujah. Sufferings. Christ calls us to suffer for him. And we must allow the sufferings. How many never knew that? You know that sufferings are sometimes God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life. Suffering. Do you know that except we were to suffer certain things, we will probably never really follow God in a certain way. Do you know that? Do you know that we are really, really, really some way? Eh? I have found that I'm really some way. And I have found that it is certain things that I have been through that have sort of cooled me down and brought me down to where I need to be. Even there, I can see that I'm, when you are down, you are trying to always come up. Start to let the sufferings work in the right direction for your life. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Verse 6. Whether we be afflicted is for your consolation and your salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Whether we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Hallelujah. Listen, listen. Sit up, everybody. Some of you are slouching like that. Like you are waiting for him to finish. I've just come. Don't start this behavior on me. I've just, today is my first day. 30 minutes I've come here. No, I don't need this. You know, sit up. The man at the back in the red shirt, yellow shirt. Sit up, please. Don't slouch like that when I'm preaching. I don't accept that in my church. Amen. Amen. Sit up. The president was there. You wouldn't. Like that. 
I was I was preaching in in South America. You know, I, 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 at the point, you know, they they walk around when you are preaching. So I remember one. I kept on saying, "Sit down, sit down." One of the days, I put up. I said, "I will not preach if you don't sit down." Because so all the pastors, I, I said, "Ask for me, I will not preach unless you people." I put the Bible down and I went back. Unless you said they were selling food at the back, selling this, selling that, doing all sorts of things. I said, "Except you come to order, I am not opening my mouth. I will not preach." Not a word. And then the pastor always said the same behavior. And then the, one of the days, the last day of the convention, the president of Panama came to the church for the open the television station. And nobody moved. So, so in the evening when I was preaching, I was preaching, I said, listen, the president came here this morning. And when the president was standing here, none of you moved. There was no movement. Because of a human person here, who maybe is on her way to hell. Despised and rejected by God. I don't know, but maybe. And you have so much respect for that person. But when God is here, you see people moving around, talking, slouching, behaving all kinds of ways. It's wrong. And I reject it. Outright. Don't bring that to church. You can take that behavior elsewhere. If you respect God, you respect God. And it's not only in Ghana, all over. People have a certain funny attitude when it comes to God and to His Word. Hallelujah. That's why, we don't, that's why we never get anywhere. That's why the preaching looks like false promises. It's not false promises. It's true promises to false people. Yeah, it's true promises of the Word of God to people who are not real. Who are not genuinely serving God. Who are not after his word? Who don't want his word? They don't want anything about his word. They, they want you to do something else, but not the word. Yeah, we like to dance and sing and shout, but we don't want the word. That should not be the attitude. If you want to get anywhere with God, you better correct that attitude. Otherwise, the promises of God will not have any effect on your life. You keep hearing them a thousand million times. You will be just as you are. Amen. Verse 7. Our hope of you is steadfast. Verse 8, for we would not have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. How many have ever been at a place where you didn't want to live anymore? You wanted to die. Raise up your right hand if you've ever been at a place where you didn't want to live, you wanted to die. I've been at that place many times. I was talking to a, a, a bishop friend of mine and he was telling me how at a point he wanted to just die. It's part of life. But when you go through a place like that, I've been there many times where you want to die. You, you think that when you die, it's like it's over. And that's all. All those who are somewhere to come and see. Because goodness is best seen in the coffin. You don't understand. I said, goodness is best seen in the coffin. When you are there, they will see that you are good. When they look at your face in the coffin, they will see that a good person is lying there. That when it's not in the coffin, it's not seen that it's good. Like I'm preaching to you now, you may not think that it's anything. Maybe one day if I'm lying in the coffin there, you may look and say, oh, oh man. Oh, I remember how he preached. And people will start rushing. Let's buy his tape before they get finished because the tapes will get finished and they will not, they will not be in the system anymore. So they use, like when, when Reverend Amaku died, people rushed to buy his tape. The reason why I said that, I know that because I've seen a man of God die in Ghana before. People rushed to buy his tape, his this, his that, his video, and everything because he was dead and they knew that everything was going to get finished in the system. Goodness is best seen in the coffin. 
Write it down. We despaired even of life. Verse 9. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should. Why? Why? Why did this happen? That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. This is the place God is trying to bring you to. That you should not trust in Okomenza. You should not trust in yourself. Because we trust in ourselves too much. You trust yourself too much. You trust yourself. You trust your school. You trust your effort. You trust your money. You trust your father, your mother. Your father, your mother. Your money. <laughs> These are the things, you, but you don't know that you trust them. All. Some of you, you look at your face in the mirror and say, What is the name of that beautiful uh, uh, story? Beautiful. Is it Cinderella? Who was the beautiful one? Snow White, Beauty and the Beast. You see yourself as Cinderella or uh, Snow White or one of these. You look at Hey, Iba, Iba, Josie Smith. So the side side. I'll do my hair like this. I'll do my hair like this today so that when you see me, he'll, he'll laugh. I know that he proposed to me on Friday because what I'm going to do today, between today and Friday, he can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We trust in ourselves. And some of you are surprised that up to today you are not mine. You are surprised at me, pa. Like, yeah, it's you. It's you. He said that despair was there so that we should not trust in ourselves, but in the living God who is able to raise from the dead. Some of you have trusted yourself, your life, your connection, your boyfriends, your man. You feel that nobody can cheat you in this life. Some of you, that's how you are. You feel that uh, the way you are, nobody can cheat you in this world. Nobody can cheat. That's why God has given you a monster to marry so that you will see that uh, it is you that is being prepared after death. <laughs> both husbands and wives trust in yourselves some of you feel that you are very good I mean, anybody who gets to marry me will be lucky because the way I cook and then the way I am so I'm very beautiful my skin is like chocolate and then my hair is like a camel's hair and my eyes are like dove's eyes Anybody who gets me to marry me, he'll be, he'll be lucky. He should thank his stars. Why the stars? He should thank his stars. Yes. And some of you brothers too, you think you are any lady who gets me is actually very lucky that she has got somebody like me with patience, the endurance of a lion, the endurance of a camel, the strength of a lion, the tenacity of a unicorn. 
the eyes of an eagle. <laughs> I've had people telling me, any woman who marries me will be lucky. And then he gave a reason which I don't want to say. I wouldn't want to give the reason. <laughs> Forgive, Lord. Uh, sometimes we will go to, God will bring you up to the point of despair of life eh? so that you will trust in God who is able to raise from the dead. That's what's happening to some of you. Some of you are so rebellious, disobedient to your parents. Only fire can bring you back to course. Nobody can talk to you, even your pastor. Some of you are very bad church members of another church who have come to join this church. If we are to see your pastor from the other place that you came from, eh, hey, it will not be easy. It will not be easy. Very bad reports. Nobody can control. You are only here because you want a new environment where you can perform your misbehavior again and do it all over again. You watch. It's coming your way. Nobody is safe from the sufferings. Christ has to bring you to the point where you realize that only God, only God, only God, keep trying your way. Me, I'm the determined type. Me, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the type who is, you are the type that is what? Well, what type are you? I'm the, I'm the, I'm the strong water. I'm the, this type. I'm the, I'm this type. Me, I don't listen. Me, I speak my mind. You, you, everything, when you hear you talking about yourself, so I am this, I am this, I am this. I'm, I'm like that. Me, I don't, I don't, I don't suffer. I don't suffer fools gladly. I don't allow men to misbehave around me at all. Do, I'll do you before you do me. I will not let a man rule over me. And gradually, what is becoming of your life with your pam, 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 what is becoming of your life? Shelly! Let me tell you something. The sufferings of life will bring you to a point where you will see and then you see, you begin to see people. You go to Legon. You see all these girls with their bare backs, bare whatever, showing their breasts and their bodies and their thighs and all over. And their pants these days, they, 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 what do you call it, starts from above the pubic hair. Then the, tra- the trousers is... <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> you see them wearing I'm aware and all kinds of things. You watch. The paper that is coming to face them in life, you will soon see them wearing some cloth and tying their hair and they are coming to pray in the church. Very humble. You see that? You said your name is what? Auntie what? Auntie Ricky Z. <laughs> See that they've turned into anti-square and they've come to church. Or you will never know that this person is this one. Wow! Because what life 
will take you through. But I'm telling you the reason why that you should not trust in yourself. That you should not trust in yourself. Pastors, that's why your church will not grow. Till you get to the point where you don't trust in yourself. Then it will grow. Then you, you, you stop explaining. Somebody came to ask me, why do you think Lighthouse has grown and this and that? And was asking me. I said, this is not a good question. It's a bad question. I can't answer. I said, it's a temptation. You want me to say something and say that it's because of this and this and that. It's not because of anything. It's the grace of God. Simple. I said, go away with your temptation. Out of here. I don't want to be tempted. When people come to you with those temptations, say that, why do you have a good marriage? Oh, you see, I'm the kind, you know, I know how to handle a man. And, you know, I'm the type who is like this. And, I, you know, I don't, whatever. I, you know, you know some of these men, you have to know how to. Just say the grace. So I'm not that type. You see, I came from a home with a, my father and my mother were together in one house. They were very stable. So I'm, I'm not used to divorce. My life is marriage completely to the end of completion. <laughs> I'm not from a broken, I'm not that type. So I don't, um, I'm not the type that will come into a broken home. Just say it's the grace of God. Because if you like, I can show you the pastors who are divorced in the world. Pastors. On TBN, those of you who work TBN, I'll show you. When they come, I'll show you. This one's divorced. This one's divorced. This, like that. And the singers and the worship leaders, I'll show you the list, all of them, those who are divorced. And you know that it's by the grace of God. Verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. I see God delivering you. I say, I see him delivering you practically. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given on our behalf. Verse 12. For our rejoicing is this. Amen. Amen. Our rejoicing is this. The testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, and not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word amen I, it is a very important verse we have come to second corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 it says for our rejoicing is this in other words this is why i am happy this is why i'm happy it says that because that in simplicity simplicity and godly sincerity and not with fleshly wisdom but by the grace of God we have had our conversation or behavior in the world and more abundantly to you number one sincerity these things are going to make you established people want sincere people Everybody wants a sincere person. Paul is saying, I thank God that at the end of my life, I can say that it's with sincerity. People want sincere people. You know, as a pastor with other pastors and me that I'm training, sometimes 
you see people who are not sincere. People come and say, Pastor, I believe that I'm called by God. This one say, Pastor, I believe that I want to do this. Pastor, I want to do this. Then when another circumstance comes up, then you realize that it's not so. That is not really what the person wants. And gradually, you turn, your heart shifts away from people who are not sincere. Everybody moves away from people who are not sincere. I am talking about establishing you. So that when you say, this is what I believe in, you get it? That is what you stay with. But if you say one thing, and then the next moment, you are on another course, doing something else, people will start to say in their, even if they don't tell, there are people that I have said in my heart about them, that this person is not sincere. But I have not told the person. In other words, the person is not genuine. And I, I can't trust them. So sometimes when people are saying certain things, well, I'm not even interested to hear what they are saying. You get what I'm saying? Because uh, you realize that they are not sincere. It's not genuine. It's not real. And God is saying, sincerity. Paul said, I thank God that as I have lived my life on this earth, one is with sincerity. You said, I want to work for God. You said, I want to, I want to be a pastor. You said, I want to be a missionary. You said, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then the next moment, it's something else. You see people getting married. This one I said, I want, I'm, I'm going to marry you. The next minute, he's marrying somebody else. And you can lie with your genuine face, looking face like that. Your face looks genuine. Look at the person next to you and tell the person, your face looks very genuine this morning. <laughs> Do you know why we ask for six months marriage counseling? Because we need to know the couples. And we need to be sure that for six months, you know, there's nobody else around. And I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about Christians. The other day we had a, we had a wedding here, they brought palm oil to come and throw on, onto the bride, and so on. Another woman, another woman, this and that and that, all sorts of things. It's not as simple as it looks. And sometimes we, the pastors, you know, we are just rushing after things of insincere people. And then you find out that, and when people say, oh, pastor, God bless you. I'm so touched by your life and your ministry and this and that. Saying so many things. The day that they are leaving the church, they will not even tell you that they are leaving. They just walk out. No, they just walk, not a word. They just walk out like that. They don't, not even to say, pastor, you know, I want to inform you I'm going to Gubligob International Church. I, I think I prefer Gubligob, the pastor of Gubligob, Reverend Ricky Bobo. He's, he's more anointed than you. At least tell me that you are going. And then just say bye-bye. You get what I'm saying? Because after all, if I've not done anything uh, bad to you for all these years you've been here, I've been preaching to you, preaching to you from my heart, traveling to come to minister to you, share the word of God with you and so on. I mean, at least you can say bye-bye. Is bye-bye pretty difficult to say? You don't have to fill any form or do it. Just say, I'm going. And uh, you see them walking out. Then you go and preach somebody's church and you see them sitting there. Say, they'll come to you. <laughs> I'm here now. You are here now. You are here now. I, I'm here now. And such people will be dying over them, rushing to their funeral, rushing to officiate their wedding, rushing to do this. One, that's why these days you don't see me rushing around for some of these things. Maybe if I can't come, I can't come. If you are annoyed, you want to leave the church, leave. That's all. Yeah, if I am not there, I'm not there. If I can't come, I can't come. 
And the same people, you see that. So we are not sincere in our commitment. Our commitment is just for the moment. It's not genuine. It's not deep. It's not sincere. It's not from the heart. It's just a surface thing that's working for now. And that's why when these people were attacking us, I couldn't say, let, oh, let the ladies, they shouldn't come to church. Only the brothers in the church should come. We will defend the church on Sunday. We will play drums and we will defend the church. I couldn't say that. Because a lot of people would have just said, you know, when we were coming, we saw this, uh, this church on the way. Uh, this, uh, what the name of the church? We said, something, something central gospel. So it's just nearby. And then we saw another one, royal house. So, in fact, we have decided that we rather go there because a church where they are fighting, fight, this pastor, he said, is too hard. Let's go to another church. That will be the end. Because people's level of commitment is shallow. Sincerity is not about person. I thank God that I preach with sincerity. That when I said A, it meant A. When I said B, it meant B. When you are not sincere, after some time, people will not like you. They will not, when you say A, they will not trust you and they will say, this man, uh, I remember my mother-in-law, she went, she was somewhere. She was with somebody. You know this NDC, MPP election last time? And during the, this thing, she was talking to one, this man who was, I think, with her on the, on the program or whatever. Say, hey, you there, you are NDC. She told the man. The man said, me? NDC? Never. Never. And then maybe then he started to blast NDC and say various things. Why is this? this, this, this. Hey, you knowing your family and everything, I know that this is where you belong. The man said, oh, no, not at all. So one day, she was in the house and she put on the television. Crap! When she looked at the television, she said, who is that? The man that he said he's not NDC, he said he's an MPP. He was on television. Do you know what he was doing? Eh? He was an MP. MP for NDC. Not that he's supporting, or he's the member of parliament standing for Standing for elections. Such a person, do you think you would trust the person? I mean, you, you do, even at the point when the person speaks, say, look at this man, look at them. Liars and hypocrites. Stand up for what you believe in, be sincere. Say, this is what I stand for. That's why I, mean, I find it difficult to hide what I stand for. Say, this is what I believe. When they came to break our wall, said, we are against the people who broke our wall. Vote against them. Out. That is my stand. We all have a stand. Everybody has a stand. You, you hide yourself. When they ask you, what's your vote? So I've lost my card. Oh, I, I, uh, I'm not going to vote. Oh, me, I don't have any party. They're common answers. When you hear that I've lost my card, now you know where, which side they are on. Because you know that all those people speak like that. Not clear. Why don't you be clear and sincere so that people can trust you? When you play that game for some time, people will not like you. They will say that when he says A, it's not true. Because when he says it's with you, later you'll find out that he's against you. Watch out. When you are sincere, people will, will start to like. That's why people like to listen to preachers. Even if what I'm preaching doesn't make sense. Sometimes you can see when I'm preaching that I'm preaching from my heart. And I believe in the things I'm talking about. I'm not just saying things that I don't believe in. People are attracted to sincere. Everybody would like to marry a sincere man. Nobody would like to marry a woman who is so slippery and so slimy. Slimy Susie. Slippery Susie. You don't know where she belongs. Eh? And does she love you or does she love somebody else? Who does she really love? Where is her heart? Where is she going? What, what is she up to? And you want somebody who when the person I love you, it means I love you. Ladies, 
You want a man who, when he says, I love you, it means I love you. You want a man who, when he says, I am with you, it means I am with you. Somebody, when he says that I have chosen you, it means I have chosen. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? But you know that the people who, people who have affairs with other people, they still say, I love you, I am with you, you are the only one, you know, don't mind her, you know, you are the one, and you know, that, that woman is just some trouble causer, she's just causing trouble, don't listen to her, there are many foolish girls like her, darling, honey, I want you to know that it's only you, it was you from the beginning, and it's you all the way to the end, you are the only mosquito in my net, and you are the only milk in my tea. They still say that. But then at a point you realize that it's not, it's not genuine. It's lost its power. Do you want your words to lose their power? I said, do you want your words to lose their power? Then stop saying things you will not do. Stop saying things you don't mean. Stop saying A and then do B. Stop saying I'm with you and I'm not with you. Stop saying I'll do this and you don't do it. Stop using your mouth to say A and you are a completely different person when it comes to the practical thing. If you want people to not to your worth not to lose their effect and their power, start being sincere. Like Paul said, I thank God. My earthly conversation and my life on this earth, it has been with sincerity and with simplicity. So I want to be a pastor. And you see them on another angle. So I want to be do, I want to do this. Then you see them hop off on another route. So I want to do this. And you see, pa. That bishop, I'm with you. I don't even pay your tithes. Liar. God bless you, Pastor. We are so glad to we are so glad to have you. And you don't even pay your tithes. You eat your tithes, you use your tithes to do something else, and you're first and best. Thank God for sincere people who even their presence there without even opening their mouth. It means a lot. Hmm. Are you in the church? Yes. I'm preaching to you things that will establish you. And insincere people, nobody likes them. Nobody wants to have them around. Me, me, I, I don't enjoy being around insincere people. I don't enjoy their company. I want people who are real. That's why I preach so much about loyalty because I don't want people who will laugh with me but are not with me. I feel sorry for these politicians. You know, they have people who don't love them, who don't care. How many NDC people have shifted to NPP now? How many businessmen who said they were NDC and they believe in this and they believe in that and they believe in that, giving money? They've all shifted to NPP now. What kind of people are these? Bottom lickers. You don't know. You don't even know whether they. We don't even know what they stand for. What kind of person is this? What does A mean? Is when he says he's black. You know, one person once says something. I never, never, never get to such a point. He said something. He said to me that he was talking about someone. He said that person is not sincere. He never tells the truth. And he said he went on and gave. He made a statement which. And nobody should ever say about it. He said that the only thing I will believe that this man says, the only thing in the world that I'll believe if he says to me is good morning or good afternoon. <laughs> only good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Apart from any of these three, and anything else he said, I don't believe. <laughs> Apart from good morning, because I can see that it's morning, or good afternoon, I can see that it's good. It's afternoon. When he says good afternoon, I know that it's afternoon. Or good evening, I know that it's. Apart from these three, anything he says, I don't believe. A good night. 
Your words have lost so much power over the years. You have not been so insincere. No one can trust you. No one can believe in you. No one can take your word. When we take your word and we follow with strength, we will fall down. Because the next moment when you said you are going straight, when we follow straight, we will be told that, no, some years ago you went this way, you are not on this road at all. And we have used our energy, bought fuel and other things, bought cars to follow you there. I thank God, Paul said, I'm showing you something. This, estab- this will make you establish in this life. People will try. Your pastors will trust you. How many things come about by recommendation? Recommendation does everything. How do you think President Kufo gets all the people that he needs to employ? Somebody tells him, you know, there's somebody this. There's someone that. There's somebody this. There's someone that. There, uh, President Ronis used to say that his wife introduced him to certain people. People being and so on, I think. How do you get to know people? Somebody tells you there's a good person. There's a good person. Why don't you get to the point where your pastor can say something good about you? How can we say something good about you when there's nothing good to say about you? When your word doesn't mean anything. Your words are just like, you might as well say twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Because it has no no meaning at all. It's just words. Why don't you get to the point where somebody can recommend you to be married? So many of you walking in the chair. We don't even know whether you are carriers of HIV. How can we recommend you? When we recommend you, and then the, the banner comes back and says, I'm HIV positive. And Pastor, you have killed me. Can you imagine the person who can say, Pastor, you have killed me. Pastor, you have killed me. Pastor, come, come, hold my come, hold my hold my legs. Hold my legs. You imagine he's holding my legs. He, he hold my legs, hold my feet. He's holding my feet. Pastor, you have killed me. Pastor, you have killed me. The girl you recommended, the one in the choir, she was HIV positive. The HIVs were coming out of her when I married her. I got just uh, six weeks when I got, got the HIV. What, what will I say? What will I say? How can I move my leg? Why don't you make yourself somebody we can recommend? Somebody we can say, oh no, she's a virgin. Or even if she's not a virgin, she's almost a virgin. (laughs) Give the Lord a shout and a grab up. (laughs) Almost. Almost also can work. It's not easy to get a virgin, so almost can also work. <laughs> Sincerity. Simplicity. Why do you want to be complex? Simple life. Simple life. You want this, you want this. It's because of our complexity. That's why when sometimes we are asked to go to certain places to do the work of God, we don't want. A simple life awaits you. A life of bread and water and all that you need. But no, we want a complicated life. With telephone and fax and mobile phone and pager on your left, mobile phone on your right, mobitel on your left, space phone on your right. Huh? Cell tell in your pocket. And fleshly wisdom has governed us. But thank God for his grace. That is establishing you. I say, I see you being listen, if you follow what I'm saying. You are going to move into a place of establishment. High level establishment. High level establishment. High level establishment. 
God is going to establish you. Just a word from somebody. Just a word. I have been called many times. Somebody said, can I give this contract to uh, such and such a person? All I have to say, yes, no. And when I say yes, it means millions is coming to when I say no. Just a word. Just only one word. And so many other things. Oh, may you rise into sincerity. May you rise into simplicity. May you rise and may God establish you. May you walk in the comfort. May you allow God to comfort you. May you allow God to minister. May you become a comforter of others. May you rise and become a minister. Another selfish person just receiving and receiving and receiving. A time to comfort, a time to give, a time to encourage somebody else. Because God has established you to the place where you can also comfort somebody else. It's happening in your life. Lift your hand and thank him right now as we close. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stand to your feet, please. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. 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 Thank you for your blessing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Establishment is coming. Establishment is coming. Establishment. Establishment. Establish us, O God. Establish us, O God. Establish us, O God. We receive it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We walk in it, Lord. We bless your name. Marola, lift your hand and thank him for establishment in your life right now. Father, thank you for your great blessing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. We worship you. And we thank you. Establish us, O God. We lift our hands and we expect and receive establishment. Everyone standing, please, at the back, everywhere. Stand up, please. We receive your establishment, dear Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, somebody invited me to church, but in my heart, I'm not born again. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. Please, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord, my King, my Master. Please, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. Please, pray with me. I want to be born again. I I don't even understand what it means, but I want to be born again. Please, pray with me. If you are here like that, lift your right hand. Just lift your right hand. You want me to pray with you this morning as we close? Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to God. God bless you. Lift up your right hand. Just your right hand up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see all your hands lifted up. If you've lifted your hand, come to me. Come to, come to me from where you are standing. Just come all the way. Come from the back. Come from the side. Oh, yes. Be sincere with yourself. Be sincere. Be genuine. Be real. God bless you. Be real. God bless you, my brother. One day you are going to be a pastor. Amen. God bless you. One day God is going to use you greatly. You're going to be a minister of the gospel. All right. God bless you. God bless you. I love you all as you have come to meet the Lord. It's a powerful blessing. Lift your hands. Say this prayer with you. Are you coming? Okay. Lift your hands. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Please come into my heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I receive you, Jesus, as my master, as my savior, as my Lord. Thank you, Father, for saving my soul. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. God bless you. Pastor, can you come in a bit? They can't see you from out there. It looks like you are somebody outside. Can you go with our pastor who is holding the Bible and waving his hands to you? He's going to pray with you. Don't forget I told you you are going to be pastors. Amen. God bless you. All right. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Give the Lord a shout for establishment. Establishment. Establishment is coming into your life. Establishment. God is establishing you. Tell the sister next to you, I see you becoming established in life. You are moving out of an unstable situation and you are becoming stabilized in the name of Jesus. You are being established. You are being established in Jesus' name. God bless you. Give the Lord a clap of you. You may be seated. All right. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.